Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. Podcast with Tola Doll Fisher. Hello and welcome. This is Woman Alive with me, Tola Doll Fisher. This is the podcast for Christian women where I'm chatting with real women about real life and real faith. I mean, you know, I'm sure we've all prayed for, for good jobs or prayed for important things or prayed to be uh, to be healthy. But, you know, you need to, to do stuff alongside that. It's also, you know, waiting in a very purposeful and thoughtful way and, and trying to find the right place and, and the right people. The Woman Alive podcast is produced in partnership with Open Doors. Welcome back to the Women Alive podcast. I am Toledol Fisher. I'm the editor and creative director for Women Alive magazine. And the premise for this podcast is that I sit down with three guests to discuss an article that's been trending online at womenalive.co.uk. So today's conversation feels super close to home because I'm divorced and hoping to marry again. So I'm really keen to find out what this episode's guests have to say about today's topic, which is... Should you pray for a Christian husband? And today with me, I have Jemima Wright, who is the author of the article we're talking about today. And she's also my deputy editor, Woman Alive. Jemima has authored three biographies and a historical fiction novel. And she also wrote uh, the article we're talking about today, which is about how she waited on God to bring her her husband. And it was her anniversary two days ago, I think, two years. Yeah. Uh, and Kellen Roth. Kellen is also an historical women's fiction and romance author from the Pacific Northwest, and she lives with her husband, Matthew. Kellen has written a blog called When I'm Single, I Don't Pray for My Future Husband, which sparks an interesting conversation online. And finally, Jackie Elton, who is the founder of ChristianConnection.co.uk, which is a Christian dating website, which has helped initiate thousands of marriages and friendships. That's exactly. Cool. Um, sorry. That's <laughs> not quite right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me what the producer's done wrong and I can correct this now. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's ChristianConnection.com. Um, ChristianConnection.com. That's the first thing. That's an important correction. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. is. Yes. And it's, um, and secondly, all the, I, I, I am the founder, but I'm, I'm now, I've also, uh, set up something called Single Friendly Church, which is what I'm spending more time with now. Single friendly church, and how can people find that online? It's singlefriendlychurch.com. dot com. Excellent, so that's, thank uh, you. Really, um, very much uh, guidance and um, for churches on how to include um, and welcome single people and resources for single people in the church. Amazing, but it is lots of corrections content. here. Thank yeah. you, so appreciate that, Jackie. <laughs> I'm an editor, so I Absolutely. appreciate amendments. I appreciate yeah, that's that. That's fine. great. Yep. Okay. Um, so an icebreaker just for listeners who don't know Jemima, don't know Kellen, haven't read anything by Jackie. I'm going to just pose this icebreaker so we can get to know each other a little bit better. 
Um, I co-present a show called Sisterhood on TBN. And on one episode, we talked about dating. In this in this episode, and please don't judge me uh, publicly, but you can in private. I mentioned my acronym um, for which I've in which I've outlined what I want for my future partner, um, and that acronym is so it's Christ, obviously, and the C stands for Christian, the H stands for hot, the R stands for rich, the I stands for intelligent. S stands for the most Christian word of all, Christian word of all, which is steadfast, and the T stands for tall. And I always get such flack about that last one, but I'm almost six foot, so tall is important to me. So bearing in mind that, I want to know from you three what your top three priorities were before you got married, or what they would be in a future partner. And I'm going to start with you, Jemima. I know you are married. But what would your top three priorities be in a partner? Well, do you know what's so weird? I went for a walk this afternoon and I was thinking of those priorities, which is crazy. <laughs> and what I came up with on my walk was kind, godly and clever. I like because, that. Yeah. And I think maybe I would have said that before being married. But now I was just thinking about my now husband, Alistair, that he is that. And that's important to me. And I'm glad he is that. Kind, godly, and clever. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, and Kellen, what would your top three priorities be or what are they? Um, I was trying to think about this and I think, you know, it was important to me that we shared a faith and then also uh similar-ish beliefs on within, you know, Christianity. Um, and then intelligence was big for me. I need someone who can keep me on my toes a little. Um <laughs> and I I was trying to think of that third one. Um and probably kindness is really important just because I need someone to be kind, even when I'm, you know, being my very human self. So those would be my top three. I like that you said um, shares the same faith and also the same beliefs within that faith, because there is such a spectrum of beliefs within the Christian faith. That's a really interesting one that you that you pointed out. Um, and Jackie, what would your three priorities be? Um, I think compassionate, um, intelligent and determined. Nice. And what does determination look like for you? I'd be interested to know, what does that look like? Um, I think somebody who is yeah, intentional, um, you know, has, has goal, has purpose. I think mm-hmm. I call it purposeful. Um, somebody who is, you know, has got, you know, who, who makes decisions, who's, who's um, got, got direction, who yeah. fulfills, um, you know what he sets out to, to do yeah nice nice I like that I might have to add that I might have to add a d to my <laughs> to my Christ acronym okay thank you uh all of you for for sharing uh just because the article we're talking about today has been written by Jemima for those of you that haven't read it yet I'm going to ask Jemima to just read uh, a snippet from the article and the article is if you can just say the, the title of the article, Jemima, and then just read the snippet that you. That I think the title you. was it uh, "Waiting for Love." Yes, I think it was. I think, yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. So the snippet I am reading is: When I was in my late thirties, single and aware that forty was fast approaching, which psychologically felt like a cut-off point of being too late, I had a dream. In the dream, I was standing in front of a big steel immovable door. I was trying everything in my own strength to open it, but it would not budge. 
Eventually, I gave up and despondently sat on the ground with my back to the door. And then I woke up. The feeling of frustration was still so present. This is what it feels like to find a husband and get married, I told God as I got out of bed. It's impossible. That evening, I went to a worship night at a friend's house in London. As we're singing, a girl says, I've got a word for someone here in the room. She said, I see a picture of a big steel immovable door. You have tried everything in your own strength to open it, and it's impossible. But God says to you, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. He will do it. You just have to let go. Thanks, Jemima. Um, I like that scripture that you've just had at the end. And another one that um, has come to mind is just in Matthew 6, 33, which says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. So I want to know in that kind of season of waiting, what did that, how did you feel? Well, for me, that was the first time. So I was in my late thirties and that's the first time I really felt God had spoken, had, had spoken about the situation. I'd wanted to get married. I thought 24 was probably when I would get married. 24 went by and I did not get married, nothing close to marriage in all those years. And and I had, you know, the, the theme of this podcast is praying for your husband. I had prayed, but I didn't know who I was praying for. And I there was different men I met along the way that I thought, Lord, open their eyes to me. <laughs> they did not pursue me in any way. So um, for me, this was amazing because it was like, wow, God, you've, you have spoken and you, it's like a weight off my shoulders because you've just said to me, it's not my mind, it's not my power, it's by your spirit. So that's how I then prayed. And actually, the I don't know how much I said in the article, but uh, the next day I got a prayer email and it was about a door. This verse was the, the verse and below it said, God's going to open the door for you and it's going to be quick and he will do it. The following year, all these people would message me saying, like out of the blue, no one knew this had happened to me. And they said, I was just randomly praying for you. And I saw a picture of a door. Um, and I feel like God's saying he's going to open it quickly. I don't know what that means, but does that mean anything to you? And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, open the door. I'm ready. But in the natural, nothing happened. But that's how I, I, I began to pray. Thank you, Lord, mm. that it's not my might. It's not my power. Thank you that you're doing something. Thank you that your timing is perfect, even though it seems longer than I wanted. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how I, I prayed. Gosh, that's a long time, isn't it? And you had to have heard that and, and, and to hear it's happening quickly. And then quickly by our understanding is what 24 hours, 24 yeah. days. I was ready for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kellen, you've written, um, an article about not praying for a husband. Um, so I mean, what I think people react quite strongly online to that. Like, what are your thoughts around, um, this idea that you, you should be praying for your husband or that God, can give you an uh, a dream or a vision about something that you are praying for that you haven't even seen yet. What do you think about that? I think it's very individual. I mean, for me, I was very convicted that I was not going to pray for my future husband because I am the kind of person who will set goals and then I will set, I will do anything to achieve those goals. Um, and so if I started praying about it, I knew I was going to hold that so fast in my heart that I was not going to be open to being single or to the idea that I would never marry. Um, so for me, I was very much setting a boundary and saying, I'm not going to go there and let myself um, do that. I knew myself that well, even if I didn't, don't always know myself that well. Um, so I think it's very much a matter of how God is individually leading you. Um, because, you know, obviously some people feel very strongly like, oh, yeah, I know that I'm going to meet this guy and um, 
I know that that's going to happen someday. Mm -hmm. And then they're able to pray towards that. And while other people just are kind of just, you know, throwing darts at a board and hoping one sticks. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of it is just, you know, being very intentional about, you know, growing as a Christian, growing towards the Lord um, and letting the rest of the things fall into place. Because it's not like he doesn't love you and doesn't have the most perfect plan for you, whether that's going to be um, singleness or marriage later on down the road. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I can I will say kind of really relates to that because I'm very goal orientated. Um, and I feel very frustrated when I, the rest of my life, I, I can, I can understand how to plan that. And I can see there's a, a trajectory towards that. Not so much of relationships. I said, I'm divorced now. And I also like Jemima, I want to be married with my first child by the time I was 24. Uh, I got married when I was 26. So not too far off, but then we had a daughter that died not long after birth. So all of my plans got kind of smashed. And I found that really difficult because I thought, that's not how this should be. You know, if God is a good God and you, and he promises you goodness in your life, that should look like, in my opinion, A, B, and C. So I, and I like what you're saying. It definitely is an individual thing. And it's clear you felt very strongly that, um, for you personally, that was not the way to go. And we can see Jemima, you, you had this strong conviction from God that that was what, um, something to look forward to, something that you should be looking forward to. Um, I don't know how old you were, Kelly, when you got married. I think you guys both got married in 2021, didn't you, actually? Is that right, Kelly yeah. and Jemima? Yeah, I was amazing. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so you both have that quite recent intermarriage. Um, Jackie, you've worked, uh, you've seen thousands of Christians that want to get married or want to be in relationships through your work um, in the single Christian space. Um, mm. What do you think about Jemima's well, story, Kelly's yeah, story? Yeah, I mean, I... I've heard Jemima's sort of the the story many times that people, Christian women uh, and men who are told, yeah, you know, you're going to, God's going to do it all for you, uh, you know, have faith and, um, you know, God will fulfill your promise of a, uh, of the perfect um, husband or wife. And then often these people come to Christian connection and it hasn't happened for them. And, uh, that can be very painful. And actually, we have had a lot of quite unhappy people on the site. And then when they join the site, they think, right, I've joined the site. So God's going to do it. Mm. But the reality is for, um, I mean, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has a different experience. But for a lot of people, um, they come on the site and they need to, like, just like a job application, they need to do the work. They need to create the profile. They need to not just wait to, for people to approach them. They need to, um, you know, think about who they want to talk to and uh, talk to a lot of people. A lot of times it won't work out. Um, and it can be quite a hard uh, path. Sometimes it can be a very fulfilling path. Um, and there are wonderful stories, but it often requires people to, you know, go purposefully and and look for the right person for them and maybe make a few mistakes along the way but it doesn't happen through just sort of letting God do all the work I mean of course God's in there but um you know a lot of people find that they they've kind of trusted in that dream and certainly for the people who've come to Christian Connection uh, they've come often because that that dream hasn't worked for them so they've decided to take matters into their own hands 
Jackie, it's really interesting you say this because in one of our other articles on womanlive.co.uk, someone wrote something um, with the title, no one talks about being single in the church after your 50s, but the church has a lot of work to do. And one of the we had loads of comments on this article. And one of the comments was from someone who said, pastors don't care about single older women, having misled many of them in their 20s and 30s to not make marriage an idol and to wait at the, and to wait. At the end of the day, God is still on the throne. But what she's saying is that there's been a decade or two decades of just being told what you're saying, Jackie, is kind of like, just let God do it, take let him take control. And then what that has looked like for people is they then don't do anything. Um, and yep. for, for some of them, yep. then that has resulted in nothing then happening. And sometimes we have people who have joined the site and then done nothing. They've just created a profile and just waited. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm sure we've all prayed for, for good jobs or prayed for important things or prayed to be, uh, to be healthy. But, you know, you need to, to do stuff alongside that. You need to put yourself in the right way. And, um, I mean, clearly miracles sometimes happen and you, you know, you do just get on a bus and meet the right person. And, you know, we do have those wonderful stories. You know, I've met people who, who, you know, got on Christian connection and they met the right person on day one. But for most people, it's, it's about putting the work in and Mm. thinking and, 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 and stumbling along. And, and, you know, it's the same in, in everything we do in life. Um, so I think, you know, as I see waiting, uh, and praying, it's also, you know, waiting in a very purposeful and thoughtful way and, 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 and taking each step and and trying to find the right place and and the right people. So thanks, Jackie. Um, so what do what do we think about this idea that some people are called to be single? Do any of you think? What do you think about that? Because we're talking now about should you pray for a future partner or husband? Um, and I guess that's the default that you kind of if you grow up in a Christian home or in church that generally i find in my experience you're kind of the expectation is that you will marry um kellen you alluded earlier to something that you know what if that isn't god's kind of will for you um and jackie you've obviously met lots of people or you've uh, had lots of people on the site who have been waiting for a long time with the expectation that they're going to meet someone do, what do any you know do you have, any of you have any thoughts on this idea that some people are just not going to get married or not called to be married they're called to be single is that a concept that we agree with I mean, what I would just say, first of all, is that we have never had probably so many single people in society. So back in the 1950s, it was a very small part of society. Now we're looking at 35 to 45% of adults who are now uh, single for whatever reason. I don't think most of those people, you know, obviously called to be single, but singleness is just where people are. I mean, I think um, for, for whatever reason, you know, some people are very, yeah, very comfortable being single and that's mm. what they want and they've all they've always wanted. I think the vast majority, they've just found themselves in that place. And and obviously if if that's who you are, then the important thing is to, you know, find a way to really thrive in, in that way. Um rather than sort of agonize about whether you're called to be single or not, just put yourself in that position and say, this is where I am. How can I um, serve God and uh, have have a fulfilled and happy life 
where I am. Where you are. Um, Jemima McKellen, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I mean, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, um, to the unmarried and the widows, I say that it's good for them to remain single. And I think that we, it's, we don't really have such a vision for singleness because in society it is like you know you you grow up you get married have children that's just the the root so it's it's more unusual to be single but if we had more of a vision of how you can be fruitful and how singleness is not something to be ashamed of and um it's actually an amazing thing to be single you can do so much more you can lead a different life it's not the expected life of getting married and having children but it's something that can be amazing and if we had more of a vision of that I think it would be easier but I also think that in our society if you're successful you get more and more isolated because you the richer you are you you buy a nice house you probably live alone and you're not in community and I think to be single successfully is so much easier if you're in community, if you've got, because we're made for relationships. So if it's not a married relationship and you're single, to have a, a close community around you that you can live life with just makes it so much easier. Yeah, I would agree with that as a single person trying to be successful. Kellen, any thoughts? Um, So I'd say that a big part of kind of the agony of singleness that I see so many of my friends go through and that I even like I experienced not even being single very long um, it's kind of a reaction to the church's lack of understanding or support for people who are single. Um, and I think a lot of the time we're looking at this like it's a disease, it's a character flaw, you weren't holy enough, you don't deserve a husband or a wife, whatever. Um, and that's ridiculous because obviously, A, we're not promised to get married, um, and B, it's not the only thing to get happy, to be happy, you know, um, and certainly once you get married, it's not guaranteed that you'll be happy if you're just going to assume that, you know, finding the right person is going to just fix everything. Um, so a lot of the times I do think that exactly what Jemima said, I mean, for being single, if you're just isolating yourself and living in a world um, that's, you know, just of your own making with no one else involved, that sounds pretty miserable. Uh, but in general, you can um, and should be reaching out to whether it's a group of friends or a group of singles um, or just the church. And the other part that I see here is a kind of isolation between people who are married and people who are single and people who are in high school and people who are in college. And we kind of, um, you know, divide ourselves all out um, and everyone has to go to a different Bible study and you can't go to the, you know, the one for the special married people until you're married. Um and I really? think if we just, yeah, I've, I've had that. Um, really? it may be wow. just an American thing. I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, it kind of can be a little frustrating because, you know, it feels like you're not able to be friends with your friends until you're married or something like that. Um, so I, sorry, I'm rambling a little here. So no, no, it's all good. You, there's a lot of good stuff that you're saying here. And, it, Jackie, you expressed some surprise when Kellen was saying that as a single person, she, you know, you she can't go to the married kind of Bible group. Is that not your experience? Well, fortunately, not uh, that particular one. But I mean, I think that I mean, obviously, what we try and do at Single Friendly Church is to we we offer churches, you know, five steps to how they can become single friendly. And it's about how, how people are welcomed, how single people are, you know, can become leaders of their churches, how the language of church embraces single people. And Jemima was implying that 
you know, that marriage is kind of the norm. And I start to question that, really. I mean, when you've got, you know, around 40, more than almost more than 40% of adults being in some way single, whether that's never married or divorced or separated or there's all kinds of things. And sometimes it's just being single in church. So you are married, but you're your spouse doesn't go to church. Mm. So, um, but really the, the stats are, are huge and they're growing. So it is almost becoming, it's very normal to be single. That's a good point, Jackie. Can I just ask what your relationship status is at the moment, Jackie? I'm, I'm single at the moment. Yes. Okay. And did you start, um, Christian connection as a single person or, or were you in a relationship? Yes, then? I, 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 I did. And I mean, it wasn't because I was sort of desperate to get married or anything like that. It mm-hmm. was just really, I had a lot of, um, you know, single friends and I, I saw it as a real, you know, who wanted to get married. Uh, and I thought, wow, this is a, a really wonderful way in which people from different churches, who don't get to meet each other because if they're in church on a, on a Sunday, <laughs> they're not going to meet people from other churches. So. Oh yeah. Good point. <laughs> and, um, and of course the great thing about meeting people online is, is if it then doesn't work out, um, you, you don't have to stop going to church because you've, you know, you, you have to avoid the person. That's a great, <laughs> that's a really great point. Well, that's I how I start, that. that's how we started, <laughs> but there are other reasons. So it, it gives, you know, all these Christians the, the ability to meet all the people they would otherwise meet and of course you know literally you know tens of thousands of people have met through the site which is fantastic um but at the same time there's uh, we we started single friendly church because we did a survey on christian connection and said what does it feel like to be single and we just got so much response about that and that's really you know why why i'm doing what i'm doing now because it really just opened up this whole story yeah. of how people felt. And I just think that if people, single people feel happy, that's a good thing. And they're more likely to meet um, somebody uh, and form a relationship if they are happy. This, I feel like this, there's so much that could be said in this conversation. I've got questions, loads of questions I want to ask you, Kelly, actually, in time, but we've only got a couple of minutes left in this section. So just to kind of round up, um, Jemima, you, I think it was four years between the time that God gave you a dream about a door and you getting married. Was it four, a, a four year period? It was about four years. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you, or how did you manage not, or did you manage not to let that desire of marriage that you felt was from God and therefore a holy one not completely overwhelm you? Um, well, I was feeling pretty sad. And then COVID happened and I left London and I went home to where my parents were. And I remember going on my COVID walk each day by myself in the Norfolk countryside going, Lord, I know you're good, but I'm 42. I think I was 42 then. And my life is not how I expected it. And I know that when we come to him, we come and die and, you know, we lay down our lives and, but there was expectation in my heart. And so I actually came to the point of, um, this is what came out of my mouth one day as I was walking along the road. I just said, I surrender to your story. Let my life give you glory. Because I just pragmatically, I figured out that his story is always the better story. Like my job is to write people's, um, ghostwrite people's life stories. And I see the lives of people that have laid down their life for Jesus. It's not always easy, but it's always the best. Like he, he's always faithful. And so I just figured out if I didn't get married, 
because I'm following Jesus, he will be faithful to me, that he He will provide what I need because he knows me better than I know myself. And and then so I surrender to your story, let my life give you glory, because then I thought ultimately that's what I want from my life, that I, I want to give him glory. So whatever that looks like, God, let it be. And I, I think it was when my dad then died in November 2020 and the next day, I went for a walk and I was okay. And I was like, Lord, I, I don't need to be married. Like this is my lowest point in life. My dad's just died, but you're here and you are enough. And I think that revelation that he, he is better than he, and he said, a man will always let you down, but I will never let you down. And that <laughs> understanding um, that helps, that helps a lot. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you all so much. I really enjoyed like hearing from you guys and um, having been married and now divorced. I can say a man definitely will let you down. <laughs> all right, so move on to the next section of the podcast. Um, and this is where we answer a reader's question about sex and relationships. This section is called Great Sexpectations. Um, and you can read uh, all the uh, questions and answers at womanlive.co.uk. Today's question is, how do I help my daughter prepare for marriage when she's never liked physical contact? Contact, sorry. So I'm going to read out the, the question. Dear Women Alive panel, my daughter is in her 30s and is very shy. She's never really been keen on physical contact, on any physical contact. She's never had a boyfriend before but her boyfriend has asked her to marry him after a year of dating. I'm quite concerned as she doesn't seem to be able to initiate any form of affection. They're both Christians and her boyfriend is very patient. He puts his arm around her and will hold her hand, which she seems happy for him to do, but that seems the extent of things. Any books on developing developing intimacy which I could buy or any advice would be great. So... How do I help my daughter prepare for marriage when she's never liked physical contact? That's quite that's quite an intense one. Um, I'm going to drop that on Kellen first. To any thoughts on this? Okay. So um, I feel like I can speak to this more as a daughter because I've never been a mother, of course. Um, so uh, I mean, if I were in that situation, I can be very shy too. Um, and often, oftentimes, in front of my parents, I will not initiate physical contact even with my husband. I'll just be like, you know, he's there. It's fine. I don't need to go and go over and hug and kiss him all the time to prove that I'm with him, whatever. Um, That's not your love language. (laughs) Exactly. It's exactly. It's not my love language. Um, In private, I can be very affectionate, but out in front of people, I'm not going to do that as much. So I think part of it would be um, hopefully being able to have an honest conversation with your daughter and just be like, Hey, so this is what I've noticed. You know, if you have a relationship where you're able to do that, um, here's my take on that. What's your take? Um, do you feel like this is making you uncomfortable? Are you worried about the future? Are you worried about what it'll be like when you're sexually active? Um, and if she's worried, you can talk to her about that and have a real, you know, a conversation. She's in her 30s. She's an adult. Um, then she's, you know, more than capable of addressing these things herself. But, um, yeah, have an honest conversation. And a part of it also might be to encourage her to have an honest conversation with her boyfriend who will eventually be her husband and say, you know, here's how I feel about physical touch, all this stuff. I'm kind of, you know, awkward about it, whatever. Um, And go from there. Like, honestly, I do think a lot of it can just be about communicating your expectations um, as opposed to whoever else is involved with it, which is really just her her and her boyfriend. Um, And 
moving forward from there. So that's my take. Thanks, Kellen. And definitely agree it's between the two of them for sure. Um, Jemima, what do you what would you say? I think Kellen's answer is brilliant. I think she's nailed it. Because I, I do wonder, you know, the mother's saying this, this is what she's saying, but I wonder what happens when she's not around. And it could just be that the daughter is um in front of her parents not showing so much affection but I know that I'm not um physical touch is not my love language but it is different with my husband so yeah I think all that Kellen said yes to that (laughs) and Jackie what about you I mean I think that it's a it's a real issue for single um, for, for Christian women actually because often um they haven't you know they if they marry late and they haven't had um, much, you know, much experience of physical relationships, and many really don't. It, I, I think, it's quite a, it's probably quite a, a common thing that they're just not uh, feeling comfortable about that. So, I think yes, um, people have answered the questions well. But what if, you know, what if that continues that they're just really um, quite nervous and, and not prepared to, uh, um, you know, develop that side? I mean, maybe you know if if it continues maybe maybe see a therapist because there are therapists who deal with that um and because i think it it probably has to take a step by step process and i have seen that some therapists can can deal with that in a very sympathetic uh, way and help it build up um and and give advice so so maybe maybe that's the way forward yeah so it's you're saying um that there there might actually be a problem here that needs to be kind of nipped in the bud early because uh, unchecked that could go into the marriage is that that's what it sounds like um yeah I mean I I think that um you know people are told you know um in Christians obviously believe um that they should wait for marriage but obviously you know if you're in your you know you get to a certain age it might be absolutely fine and no problems and for others it it can be a problem Mm. so um I mean obviously it made you know, just develop fine by itself. And, and that's great. But I suppose for some people, it's going to be quite hard. So you may, they may need some, a little bit of help to, to, to break it down and uh, just let it, you know, just let it work, you know, let them work it through with, with a bit of, with a bit of help with, with somebody who is more professionally experienced. Yeah. Um, I think all of you have made some really good points and, um, especially because, like Kellen and Jemima said, we don't know, or the mother doesn't know, I'm assuming, what happens behind closed doors. But also, I think it's a good point you've made, Jackie, about therapy, and 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 especially because we, less so, I think, in America. I think in America, Kellen, you guys are better at understanding therapy as like a almost alongside your life. But I think in the UK, it's like, oh my gosh, the world's falling apart. Let's go to therapy now. But actually, if you start therapy earlier on before there's a real you know a real issue that can help so rather than waiting till you're married and then saying I can't touch my husband type thing actually it might be better to have that conversation earlier and I hope if anyone listening has got had a similar problem or know some of the similar issue that this has been helpful um I want to say thank you Jemima, Kellen and Jackie for your contributions today it's been a really good conversation um and for those listening however you're listening to the podcast please save share and subscribe you can read the article we discussed today at womanalight.co.uk. And if there's a conversation you want to hear on the podcast, or 
If you have a question about sex and relationships that you want us to answer, you can email me at womanalive at premier.org.uk. See you next time. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Join me next time where I'll be speaking with three more incredible women about real life and real things. For more inspiring conversations, articles and opinions, head to womanalive.co.uk. Woman Alive. Real women, real lives, real faith.